New Zealand Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community, proudly supported by Umbrella Connect. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, We're back with you today to talk a little bit about where New Zealand is heading as we come to vote for election 2020. I'm here with guest Sarah Putt from CIO and Computer World. How are you, Sarah? I'm very well, and yourself? Great. Good to uh, spend a little bit of time delving into this Mm. election. Mm. Personally, I I try and keep away from uh, as much as I can to do with politics, but at at times you might notice I'll I'll put myself out there with some opinions and suggest things that I think uh, politicians and and others should be uh, thinking about. And today is is a bit of that sort of opportunity for for both of us. Um, But I'm I'm very keen to hear some of of your thoughts and, uh, yeah, just a, a chance to sort of delve in because yes we're going to the polls I guess how much we should consider the the technology uh, policy within the sort of broader uh, um, choices around voting I guess is, is one area that we could uh, discuss uh, but also looking and seeing well you know, what what parties uh, you know, really have a, a, a focus on uh, on tech this election which of course you know, my personal view is that you know technology is so important to New Zealand's success as a nation, to our future. Uh, it's something that advances at a really rapid pace, and we should be trying to, you know, attach our wagon to the growth and the forward momentum that technology uh, and innovation can bring. And by utilising technology well, that can flow back to help us address some of the challenges we have from an economic standpoint and a uh, you know, a, a balanced standpoint with with equality and and other things within um, you know New Zealand generally, and you know even uh, helping us to do things that ultimately will help our environment be able to be looked after long term. So you know, I may be a little bit biased on these things, but you know, I think let's use tech as much as as much as we can within reason. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm I, I join you in your bias. Uh, I think we all of us who work in tech sector and have been around it for a while can see the huge potential both like to your point both economically and um, socially because it's enabler when we saw that in COVID we saw that you know um, you know our school kids had to, had to stay home and so they had to push out a whole bunch of devices and internet connections to those who didn't have it. We seeing it we're seeing it in our economy um, just when you think about how the tech sector survived COVID we know that the SaaS platforms the ones that were really the good you know the technology companies they're doing fine they, they hardly missed a beat so yeah absolutely tech as a tech as a sector as, as pr- producing tech tech as enabler for every other sector and tech as a as a social as a way of bringing everybody up um, in our society as well as environmental and sustainability policies it's got it all tech yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. You, you should be running for, got for government here, Sarah. <laughs> no, um, not at all. But it's funny you should say that because there's really only been a couple of tech companies, uh, sorry, um, political parties that have been really um, out there in terms of like pushing a tech policy and sticking a name on it and saying this is our tech policy. The rest have kind of like either had a little bit in their own policies or just kind of ignored the whole topic. Um, so I'm talking of course about National and the Greens. So two ends of the political spectrum as it, as it, as it happens. Yeah. It's, it's interesting isn't it because they do, they do seem quite opposed so 
the interest in in the in their policies and some of w- which we'll chat about today i i imagine people's interest in those will you know very much relate to their political uh leanings right because we've got well, one one on the left one on the right um i mean you know, personally i i guess i you know i like to look sort of across the board and and you know pick and choose things from either side that i i like the look of and ultimately you're never going to find exactly what you want when it comes to voting for any party in any case, right? So no, no party can tick all the boxes for everybody, I wouldn't imagine. No, and, and as we keep hearing in an MMP world, which we should all be very familiar with by now, um, it's it's all about priorities and plans. It's not about policies because they it's just when they get to that bargaining table. It would be really hard to see a national green coalition, but if they did, we'd have all the tech sector, uh, all the policies in one place, wouldn't they? So They yeah, might be somewhat conflicted, though. I can't imagine how they'd last three years. But you never know, right? Probably do know. So yeah. So no. Um, and hence, what? Uh, hence, I think that you know the Green Party have already said that they won't work with no, the I think national that, party. I so, think you're right. And so it's not too much chance of that. Not there's almost none. So um, yeah, but you never know. So anyway, um, but yes, you're right. And they and very much their policies kind of reflect you know who they are. But what I would stress about these policies and plans as well is that just because. Labor or ACT or um, or any of the parties that might get in haven't been specific about their policies doesn't mean that they can't happen anyway. So one of the one of the policies that you know has met with some you know um, wide support amongst all the tech um, um, groups that I've spoken to, and I'm talking right across the spectrum. So your NZ Rise, which is your you know you buy Kiwi Made type um, organisation, through to NZ Tech, which is a whole raft of different tech companies both overseas and in New Zealand through to ITP which is the um, the people who work in IT IT skills, that kind of thing they've all been quite pleased to see that Nationals come up with something called a Minister for Technology that really that portfolio has never really existed in that form before so that's something that maybe depending on who gets in would be something that would be good for all parties to look for because at the moment um, the technology um, sector, if you like, is kind of spread across five different ministers. So when they want to go for cybersecurity, they've got to go to Andrew Little, GCSB. When they want to go for um, you know innovation and research and development, it's Megan Woods. When or and when they want to go for um, you know overseas policies or whatever, it might be David Parker. Chris Farfall has got the broadband. You know, there's they've all got different ones. And so what would happen is if you had one stop shop and said, okay, we just go to this minister, and that minister can talk to all the rest it's like it would be a really interesting approach to the portfolio yeah i'm certainly interested to see how that might play out Mm. the nature of technology today is the threads of technology run through everything right so Mm. it actually doesn't you know doesn't matter what portfolio somebody has there is a technology element to that whether it's the minister uh, of health uh, you know, in that case, he or she, uh, you know, needs to be considering the role of of technology uh, in healthcare. So, you know, these things will run across the board. But having having that central minister, uh, I can see there being a lot of sense in that too. Yeah. Well, I jolly well wish they would in health look at um, 
digital technology <laughs> because, you know, if you talk to someone like, um, you know, health IT, um, Scott Arrell, for example, he'll say it's 2.5% spend on the health budget on IT. It should be double that, which would make it sort of a global average. And, you know, we, we just have to really up our game right across tech in, in terms of health IT. Another one, of course, is cybersecurity. Well, mm. We've seen what's happened in the recent and, attacks. And, and, you know, I would tend to argue on, on those fronts by under under investing then it costs you a lot more than than any money that you save right because you know technology is that enabler it's that thing that gives you leverage it's uh you know that thing that allows you to get much more out of the other uh, dollars that you spend absolutely and you know we've certainly seen those uh, you know, the impact of uh, lacking uh, from a cyber security perspective in the health sector as just one, as just one example. One example, and you know, the, the health is, you know, that that is one. You know, there's cybersecurity, and then there's health, and then there's there's things like social equity around digital divide, addressing those issues, those sorts of things. So it's across, like you say, it's across every portfolio, but it's got to be thought of, and it's got to be understood and one of the things that we see a lot of in tech is the innovation is right out in front and the regulations that sort of sort of trailing behind and that's always going to be a tension between regulation innovation but you, you you have to have at least an understanding you have to be able to converse you have to be able to get on the phone to these um, to companies here and also overseas, uh, discuss what, what's going on, how it's happening, what's coming down the line. How are we supposed to address all these different technologies, which are fundamentally changing our society? Mm. And now, National oh. have given a little bit of uh, you've read you've read through this and spent a bit more time studying it than than I have as as. As I would expect, yes. um, and you've uh, you've written actually written a piece. Um, is that out yet? And yeah, no, that's in um, Computer World. So yep. please go there. That I, we wrote that when um, the National Party came out with their policy. Mm. What I like about their policy is that I'm old fashioned. I quite like figures. I like it when they put money dollars next to what they're going to do. Um, it's quite a clear policy. So they're talking in quite sort of like we're going to do this, then we're going to do this. So what are they going to do? They're going to Minister of Technology. Um, they're going to have a thousand tertiary scholarships for decile, low decile schools um, for kids to, to encourage them into STEM, which is, well, our audience, your audience should know, you know, science, science, technology, engineering, maths. Um, I, I, they would argue that possibly from an economic perspective, uh, the more people understand that, the better jobs that they can get. You know, the, the more you know, we can address the skill shortage. I also argue it from a from an academic sense that it's good to know how stuff works. That's a really good thing to know. Oh yeah, you know, and that is the the heart of STEM. Um, The other one is um, just looking over my notes. Oh, a billion dollars for ultrafast broadband and rural broadband initiatives for the next ten years. I think there's an argument to say that they're going to spend that anyway, regardless of who's around, just because this is roading now. This is critical infrastructure. You're not probably going to let that one slide. Um, it's just and and we've seen, you know, really both sides of of you know both political sides, uh, you know, which, which, whichever leanings, the investment has gone in. And we've seen that during these, you know, work from home situations with COVID. We've heard about what's happened in Australia and other countries where their broadband hasn't been up to snuff. Yep. And we've seen the benefits for New Zealand of being at the level we're at. 
and I think you know, well, hopefully, you know, most people from a government perspective understand the importance of continuing that investment, and we've seen both sides invest. But you know, credit to to National, they're putting it out yeah, there and, totally. and making a commitment. Um, but as you say, we, we, we would expect the investment to uh, continue from uh, other sides, but exactly how that plays out is, uh, is, is somewhat unknown. Well, well, if you look at the expansions to UFB and RBI, most of that was kind of mandated in the sort of dying days of the national government. But certainly Labor has, has kept, you know, it's pedal to the metal on this program. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, a lot of it came from the, some towards the end, especially the rural program, from the Provincial Growth Fund, which was obviously New Zealand Firsts under Shane Jones. So, yes, absolutely. I, it would be difficult to see why we wouldn't. We've proven to the whole country. Just on that, though, they didn't just put a whole bunch of money into it. They restructured the entire sector, which is so all the hard work's done, right, on that one. So, But, yeah, to, to your point, good to see that they're, they're putting that investment on the table. Hmm. Um, another one is interesting is the Elevate Fund. Now, this is this $300 million venture capital fund, which is supposed to address between th- those businesses that are startups, tech startups, startups across the board, that do, they've got some customers, they're, they're looking like they're going really well, they're getting about between sort of $3 million and $10, $12 million in revenue, but they need that extra funding to go the extra step. Now, that was found to be a gap. They did a bit of study. They said, okay, that's a gap. So they put this Elevate fund into the market like about three or four months ago. It's super fresh. It goes over a few years, but the idea is it will match venture capital funding in a Kiwi IT or Kiwi tech business. Now, that's a that's kind of where the gap was, and that's where they've addressed it, and um, they've put a whole bunch of you know rules and regulations around it, etc. So that's a really interesting one. Now, what National's saying is that they want two-thirds of that fund to be used just for startups. So sort of routed away from from those kind of, you know, companies that have got a little bit of bit of run on the board and are, and wanting to go that next step. Um, so that's that's an interesting one. It seems to go with National's whole philosophy around, well, if you've be, if you've you know, if you haven't come through COVID very well, if you've been made redundant, one of the pathways forward for you is to start your own business. I suspect that's where some of that's coming. Not I would like to see more research around it to see where the where the thinking is in that, because that's a lot of taxpayer money. It is, mm. but in in the light of some of the money that's been spent in in recent months through COVID, there's, I think, an argument to say, let's put foot to the floor. We have to make fast decisions. Yep. And and certainly we look over the last few months, there have been lots and lots of really fast decisions that had to be made if we sit back and spend you know, six to 12 months doing a doing a. You know, you're right. A study we may miss. Well, we we would miss some opportunities. Now, decisions made at pace aren't always going to be perfect, but that said, decisions need to be made. And you know, I would be concerned if we slow things down too much. I did like this headline in um, in the national policy, which reads: "National will double the size of New Zealand's technology sector by 2030." Now. I don't necessarily like this will. There's a bit too much confidence in there, and it's it's like, hey, look at us. We're you know we're amazing, and of course, it's not the government that actually makes this happen. No, um, but of course, they they can support that. They're looking at the uh, technology investment network report and other things, you know, which highlight that uh, you know our tech exports could 
could easily become our uh, you know our number, number one. one export earner within uh, you know within a fairly short you know space of time and you know they're drawing on lots of other people's uh, knowledge on this but it, it, you know I think uh, you know for me I'm I'm very keen to see us you know, continue growing this sector. Uh, and you know, as we talked about at the beginning, the the lift to our economy and other uh, other things is is there. Oh, absolutely, and I don't think anyone, in, in, well, certainly not in tech set, is going to argue with you on that. And we, I mean, the argument is we get there anyway, right? So because we do have a whole bunch of very smart people in the sector who are creating great products, who have proved their tech. And just to go back to to the Elevate Fund, yeah. why why I say about the research is because that's been done. And you know, right. one the one of the things you want to do when you have a great startup and you've proven yourself and you've got your customers and you need that next step is you don't want to give away too much equity. You don't want to give it to the first person and goes okay, and then and then when you get to the really big stage and you get the real big investors coming in, they'll go well. You've got a great product and a great tech, but you've given away all your equity, and it's and it's such a balance. And so I feel like that work's been done, but I'm probably just quibbling around the edges. The good thing about this policy is that it recognises the strength of the sector that that people like yourself and I have been around for fortunately for a long, long time, and and have been really impressed and amazed by by the talent that we've seen and that we continue to see. And it really is accelerating, isn't it? When you, oh, when you look like around so, yeah. at the startups, when you, you look at the funding challenges that there were a decade ago, five years ago, those, those challenges are certainly reducing over time. But to see uh, a political party that is, is giving this attention, and look, Labor is as well, um, but uh, the, the approach here seems to have some uh, some good wisdom to it yes and i mean these these are things that i th- i think for many will influence their their voting um, but it's not the whole picture, is it? No, it's not. And and one of the things, like they've talked about a regulatory icebreaker unit in the National Party followers. They just threw that in. Is it, what does that look like? Does it look like um, in the dying days of the national government, they passed that um, law basically enabling Rocket Lab to launch in Mahia Peninsula? I think most of us would probably say that was a good thing. Um, so is it something like that or is it something else? You know, is it all, you can come over, you can do whatever you like, see what you think, you know, to attract international investment without, like what I was saying before about innovation here and regulation down here. Regulation doesn't have to be a dirty word. It can be an enabler and it can be a, um, a way of creating a better and more even, more competitive market. Mm. So like to see something I think sometimes somebody comes up with that term or that word sounds quite good they pop it in but what where's the flesh on the bones what does it mean yeah um look I certainly would like to see more and you know I've spoken publicly about this I would like to see more international firms being able to come to New Zealand set up shop here uh, you know get rolling because we have the right regulatory environment. environments that are balanced and supportive but maybe we just happen to move at a faster pace than uh, than other countries and then attract those opportunities that you know otherwise would end up um, elsewhere uh, whisk aero is one that that comes to mind with the autonomous air taxis uh, that have been in development in the South Island, you know, over a period of years, you know, uh, a, a fair bit of funding that that goes in that direction. Uh, obviously, we've got that environment that um, that works for for Rocket Lab uh, and a num a number of others now uh, within that aerospace um, sector. Mm. So. 
you know it can play out well if it's done right and a really key aspect is moving at pace and just having this you know this policy or you know this thing raised um, that gov- that national would look at it certainly just puts that that pressure on uh, you know hopefully across the board for for New Zealand that we we don't have our eye off the ball for too long because I mean, even you know right now as as the country uh, you know has has COVID in in a you know in a more managed state than. Uh, than, than than what we were earlier on in the year, you know, we very much need to be thinking: what does the next you know phase look like? Do we open up and 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 bring more technologists into New Zealand and you know varying things down that track? And and some of that uh, you know will will kind of you know cross into the into these areas you know that are, if our if our government has that. Um, Drive. That sort of drive yeah. and and focus, and very hard at the moment when dealing with COVID to actually balance and 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 juggle these things, and maybe to to look as broadly as what some of us would like. Absolutely, but what's wrong with a bit of ambition, right? And what's wrong with a bit of vision? And I think I was talking to um, somebody just actually today, and we were talking about cybersecurity, and he was saying, you know, imagine if we were a cybersecurity. Hub, if we could see ourselves as a really safe place to be in business, if we could just, you know, basically up our thinking a little bit in that area, you know, we're we're safe. We haven't got COVID, you know, and I'm I'm touching wood when I say this, and I'm, I'm you know, and I know, and and you know, and as we all do, you know, team of five million hasn't wasn't easy, but we should be proud of that. Um, we we can do so much more. We can create this kind of really great um, business tech friendly nation, but it's one that looks after all our people doesn't leave nobody behind, um, creates technology that enables everybody and that everybody in our nation has a chance to, to be part of it. And I think that's maybe where the STEM scholarships come in. I mean, we need more diversity in our sector and that's not just gender, it's also ethnicity. Agreed. Now, looking uh, looking at what the Greens have, yep. have, have put forward... Uh, you know that that probably segues in nicely. They've you know they've talked about look, internet should be something that everybody has has access to. It should, you know effectively look this should be you know free and available to all. We should be running everything on open source software. You know New Zealand everything as much as as possible. Mm. Does does that does that work? What are your thoughts on you know how do you get this stuff right? Because you know for 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 me when I you know look at my home, we've got that internet access. Um, you know our our son has a great opportunity to learn, but I know that there are other uh, other homes you know very nearby where that access to the internet either doesn't exist or it's you know it's very limited maybe maybe one um you know one device uh parents maybe that you know don't really understand or or use the internet uh themselves so yeah i can i can see the challenge there but i'm not quite sure what is the you know what is the best way to actually address these things? How much of that should be through the education system? How much do you you know op- open these uh, things up? Because you know the internet can also be a place of harm as well. Yes, it's it's a, it's actually a really interesting question. Um, 
Internet New Zealand have the, their digital inclusion plan, and they've got about 50 organisations signed up, and that includes um, telcos and, and that kind of thing. And um, the only political party that I know that it's signed up today is the Greens. Um, and that's really pledging, I guess, taxpayer funding and money and, and, and oomph behind this idea that everybody in the country should have some kind of access to the internet. Now, there will be some people who don't want it. That's fine. But I think um, we should definitely... Or is it? Well, I <laughs> think in the end you should be allowed to turn off <laughs> if you really want to. I mean, I'm thinking it would be a very small amount of people. And, you know, occasionally you have to. You have to. Well, I actually, yeah, I, and I quite like, you know, being offline for, for times. But the the opportunities, you know, sitting on planes and, you know, locations without uh, internet access, are, um, you know, that's, that's largely dried up. But, but having said that, I mean, there's always going to be people who don't want to participate. And, yeah, and I think yeah. we live in a democratic society and you're allowed to do that. Of course. But having said that, um, I think it's really important that our students have access to the inter- internet and, and, to, and to broadband and to digital devices, not just a phone, but an actual kind of proper device that they can actually do their homework in because the expectations rise. You, we've, we've connected all our schools. They've got great broadband. There's some fantastic um, safety measures around it. It's all there, right? Network for learning, all of that. They were, they were priority. Those in the hospitals were the priorities and they got it and it's good. But the expectation is, oh, well, you'll be able to do that at home. And there was a wonderful um, quantitative report which the Vodafone put, Foundation put out a couple of years ago and it just breaks your heart when you read it and these kids don't have it and you've got you know mums having to take the whole whanau to the library at night so one of their kids can sit outside and get the free wi-fi and do the homework i mean that stuff is not what we want in this country now we have a whole bunch of other problems we've got to solve first you know there's 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 other kids getting enough to eat are they being housed in the right places and rightly so probably you know that, that's where it should sit well, i shouldn't say probably because it is really but in your in your but there, is, there is a crossover though needs. too isn't there in, yeah in terms of actually paying for these things you know the more we, the more we leverage you know tech and innovation well uh the more money flows into the economy that can actually some of it can go fund, fund some of those things absolutely right? and th- so you yeah you've got to say where does broadband sit in the needs but then what happens when we close the schools because we've provisioned for education for every child in New Zealand. But what happens when we close the schools? And that that's what happened this year. So obviously the Ministry of Education put out, um, and I think from memory, around 40,000 devices have gone out, which is great. Um, be really great to see some more work in this, some really solid work that said, what, where are the gaps and how can we address them properly? Some of them are obviously going to be geographical. They just live too far away. So that, I guess, satellite is always going to be in the mix. But um, how much of it is, you know, how can we bridge that economic gap? So like you say, every child has access to the internet and is able to learn when those schools are closed. Because let's face it, I mean, it's a horrible thing to think, but this pandemic isn't going away and it might come back and we might get another one 10 years from now. We know we live in this world now, you know. So there's probably a lot more that we could uh, we could delve into on on both sides. Was, was there anything else from the Green Party perspective that you think we should well, we I, should cover before we wrap up? I think the Green Party have have very much taken a more ideological route as opposed to a national taking a more practical route. The only thing I would sum up with the whole thing is 
just next time, you know, whatever government gets in or whatever colour, please think about the enabler that tech is. And it's not, it is New Zealand Inc., but it's also making sure that everybody rises together. And I think technology could do that. And I said, I know, I give me a call, I can tell you 10 people straight away who would be dying to get in there and help you. Tech people are very generous and, and, and they want to share their knowledge. They don't want to hoard it. They want to, they want to share it. And there's so many people who've, you know, in that sort of second, first, second generation of tech innovators who want to actually give back, and the, and there's there's loads of them out there. So there's there'll be no shortage of people helping. Yeah, and and look, there I think there are a, quite a number of yeah very successful and very influential people that have already you know put their hat in the ring and the you know during this COVID period to uh, you know share ideas and to and to offer assistance. Part of what concerns me is. It appears as though maybe that hasn't been taken up as as much as it should be, and I know that the current government has been, you know, flooded with yes. with 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 pressures, and this is not a this is not a normal scenario. So it's it's not really an easy situation to to navigate, and governments aren't used to moving at the pace that uh, that the current government has had to move at. Yes, but I, you know, I, I hope this sort of window of time. Uh, gives a chance for uh, for you know, those uh, those resources and and um, the support from others to really be able to feed in and and help uh, government move forward on on these um, you know utilizations of technology and and uh, policies. Well, I do, I do think tech has proven itself. The the UFB's proven itself. RBI's proven itself, and um, you know the the Ministry of Education rollout, those sorts of things. So, absolutely, and I totally agree with what you mean. It's not the first priority when you're saving lives, but six months in, nine months in, as we as we go forward, as you know, as as we as we move forward through this whole experience, there's certainly plenty to discuss. One of the other things about this sector, of course, is that we do like a lively discussion. We do, we do, and so yeah, I th- I think that the last thing that I want to um, you know reiterate again, you know, I think is that we shouldn't miss this unique opportunity that New Zealand has as a country, being broadly COVID free. We have yes, a limitation on how many people can come into the country when there's a, a quarantine period required, but there have been varying suggestions of hey, there's you know military accommodation there's educational accommodation there's you know all sorts of places that are that are maybe not being leveraged if we could squeeze you know and even an extra thousand people a month uh into the country who were going to be you know working focusing in tech and innovation the lift that would bring i think would be would be huge and there was a little bit of a a, a, a nudge in that direction certainly through what I saw from uh, national policy, I would love to see that uh, an interest in that, but coming from from both sides and and a willingness to uh, to do that. So absolutely, we will see. So the big question for you is, who should everybody be voting for? I'll never say that. <laughs> Just vote. Just vote. Do you know one thing I would like to see tech do, and maybe it's going to be something we've got to do next time around because COVID's just completely you know overshadowed this one is um i'd love to see tech being used to innovate um, and and motivate and inspire the young voters because i go to the polls thinking what's it for my kids you know what's it going to be for them because you know it's their world and i just love to say and i'd love to see more 
some kind of interaction. I had wondered if because we had, they had to all go outside, the the face to face was so much harder, and we had like you know what is it? We couldn't ten more than ten people, and now in then more than a hundred, and now we're back to sort of a, a kind of normal. Um, I had wondered if they might use, take that opportunity to use tech to reach more, but I haven't seen that, that innovation, and I'd love to see that around next time round because it's so it, it doesn't matter who you vote for, you have got to vote. That's the message, right? Everyone's well, got to vote. It does matter. It shouldn't be random, but, it sh- but you should we be all thinking should be, about it. Everybody's yeah. got makes up their own mind. Yeah, is, I guess yeah, what yeah, I'm trying yeah, to I say know. there. But <laughs> but please vote, and yes, and yeah. I'd love to see more. Um, I'd love to see those stats lift. It's their world, you know. It, it, it's it's the young person's world. It should always be the young people who who who, who help, you know, who who have that big say. And often it's you know it's those of us who have been around a while who who always stand up to vote. But I'm I'm a big fan of voting. Yes, well, I think there's that element as as time goes on and we become a, a, a little bit more aware of the role that government plays and and in our and, lives, we and get so it. on that you know as t- we we're much more likely to vote. But we've been having that discussion you know amongst the the, the team um, at the office here you know today around around voting. And yeah, it, do, it often seems to take a, a, a few years for uh, those that have, you know, reached the age of being able to vote before uh, they, they necessarily uh, get into it. But yeah, I, I agree. Well, that's great. Well, thank you everybody for uh, joining us on uh, this special episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, thank you, Sarah Putt, for joining the discussion and uh, your valuable contributions and we look forward to uh, seeing just what the ultimate results are of the election. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks. New Zealand's Tech Podcast, the voice of the tech community. Proudly supported by Umbrella Connect.